You are locked into the Philadelphia Eagles. What's going on, everybody? It's the Locked on Eagles podcast alongside my co-host, Gino Camilleri. Oh, my gosh. We finally have a game to talk about. I know. I unfortunately only get to watch about a quarter. I'm going to a concert in Colorado at Red Rocks. So not really, unfortunately, but I'll catch up on it when I get the game pass. Got to go home and order that. Got to get the tape out. It's that time of year. Oh, Louis. I, I can't wait. Honestly, I, I I love this time of year. I always remember just sitting in my house in the end of summer, like getting ready to go back to school, yep. watching that fourth preseason game. And it was just like <laughs> something about it. it was the just infamous like, Eagles-Jets game. Eagles-Jets game every year. A week before school starts, you go back to school, and then that week, boom, pads are on. The American flags are the entire size of the stadium. You mm-hmm. get the flyover, get the blood rush, and you have the 53-man ready to go. We're, we're four weeks away, Lou. I know, it's we're, crazy. It's, it's here. It's always Finally. preseason. Like, it's always the game plays for like the nerdy guys that want to watch oh, a Carlton Agadosi, <laughs> yeah. that want to watch Will Ty and see if he can push Richard Rodgers and Perkins for the third tight end spot. You know, that kind of stuff. But it also, like you said... I remember growing up as a kid, it, it like symbolizes the start, while it does symbolize at the, the same time the end of the summer, the cool part about the end of the summer always was it meant football was here. So Absolutely. yeah, school was coming too, but mm-hmm. we got the Eagles back on top of that. So I'm with you, man. Every, every fourth preseason game against the Jets, there was one guy that had to you know make a name for himself, whether it was Chris Polk or Tim Tebow trying to Chris do it, Polk. whatever, you know, all these crazy names. And we're going to drop some fun preseason names on you today. So what we're doing on today's show, I hinted at it on Sunday night when I recapped the open practice at Lincoln Financial Field. Me and Gino, so I, I put together this, this skeleton of a preseason roster. And then I'm going to run it down with you and then mm-hmm. see what you like, give some recommendations if you think of anybody else. But we're going to throw some names at you that you probably haven't thought of for a while. We're going to make an all-preseason roster. And I went back for at least the last 10 years. So I would say from 2009, uh, 2009 excuse me, up until 2019, that's how far I went back with some of these names. And the way I constructed it, I just went on YouTube and typed in Eagles preseason highlights hmm. 2009, 2011, and there were some wild names that came up. But before we get into that, literally probably an hour before we got into the studio and got ready for the show, the Eagles dropped their unofficial depth chart heading into the first one, heading into Thursday's game against Tennessee, game one of the preseason, again at 8 o'clock at Lincoln Financial Field. Gino, you've had a little bit of time to look at this. I looked it over a little bit, too. There's not a lot of crazy things, not a lot of crazy takeaways, but um, definitely some interesting stuff, I would say. I mean, like one, I mean, it's not a big one, but like Mark and Michelle being ahead of a Greg Ward Jr. and a Charles Johnson he, you know, seemingly Ward mm-hmm. has had a great camp, but, I mean, it looks like Michelle right now is the backup slot receiver to Aguilar. Yeah, that's one guy who you heard earlier in OTAs yeah. kind of get his name out there. The thing is, I, I've seen a lot of overreaction to these depth charts, yep. and we do it every single year. My boy Effie Anymoma 2.0, a.k.a. Carlton Agadosi, is <laughs> Dude, buried right now it's the right perfect the comparison. It's <laughs> a guy who's six foot six towers over everybody. He's going to catch one crazy red zone touchdown in the preseason this year, and he's going to become the new MoMA. It's bound to happen, and that happens every single year, and you want to see those guys make the roster. We, we've talked about the Paul Turners yeah. forever. Paul Turner was one of the all-time yep. greats. And right. the goat of the preseason. We officially have to introduce the first annual Ja'Cory Shepard Award. That's right. So, Locked On Eagles were the official place <laughs> to vote on the prestigious Ja'Cory Shepard Award. What so, would the award, what would the trophy look like? Is it like Ja'Cory Shepard in like a wheelchair? <laughs> I think it just should be the number 54 for like a there guy that's yeah, like, yeah. he's not good enough to be on the 53, but captures that's your perfect. heart That's perfect in the preseason. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're going to do. And every game 
we're, we're going to nominate some candidates. Oh, we'll probably it. have one from each game, and then we'll select a winner. I think that's probably, probably the best way the to way go to about it. it. I think, yeah. But there's always a guy that always captures our heart. I I, I love Ja'Cory Shepard. I, I watched that draft in my library at college, and I remember watching the story on him, and he was he did like the big uh, – what is it? Uh, Big Brother program oh, in his yeah, hometown. Yeah, yeah. And he just had a very cool story to follow. His time at Kansas comes from a bad football school. Really has a great off season. There was and a lot of people too that thought he was going to replace Brandon ton. Boykin Pe- in the people slot. Thought, people said he was all over the football that summer. I remember reading yep. John Barshard, Kemsky, all those guys were talking him up. I remember hiking <laughs> to the Eternal Flame here in Buffalo, yeah. getting a notification, Corey Shepard, Carted off after Darren Sproles hit him in the knees. Not even his fault. John Barshard made a great point that it was at an open practice. And we unfortunately had another player go down in an open practice, that being Joe Osman the other day, which is unfortunate to see because he could have been a potential Ja'Cory Shepard. He was one of the lead guys. Yeah, for sure. He And he was going to be that last year, too. Mm-hmm. So Osman just he can't catch a break really right now, but... What that does open the door for is an opportunity for a guy like I mean, of course, Josh Sweat to me was going to be the favorite to be that Absolutely. defensive end for Osman was the definitely way he's been performing yeah. in camp. Yeah, Osman was definitely going to push him because he's been productive too. Sharif Miller has been very quiet. They've been mm-hmm. saying typical fourth round rookie ups and downs, and yep. you know even Brandon Graham was talking about him in the media today, saying like he's got all the tools. He's just you know it's going to take some time, much like it did for a Brandon Graham. Mm-hmm. He now though here's an opening now like because you're almost guaranteed to be a scratch if you're Miller. Oh, absolutely. If Osman, he would have played the, jo- yeah, the Josh Sweat role. Exactly, hundred percent. So, but now that Osman's gone, who knows if Sweat struggles a little bit and Miller starts showing some stuff? They place the same amount of value draft capital wise mm-hmm. in Miller a year later as they did Sweat. So, you know, he's right now he's kind of buried in the depth chart behind Sweat and Curry. So he's that fifth defensive end right now. But hey, here's that. Opening with Osman not being there, Sharif Miller could be maybe the new Ja'Cory Shepard this year. Um, on offense, though, still looking into it. The only other big takeaways on the depth chart, Wiz is the backup at center and left guard. Halapulivati Vitae is the backup right guard and right tackle. So mm-hmm. Maialata right now is the third tackle. I'm really interested to see if he can emulate what he did last preseason again on Thursday. I think that's going to be something to keep a close eye on because he's not had the same buzz around camp this year as he did last year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't expect JP to get any playing time in this game. I would hope not. Maybe. Yeah, speaking of that, like how many how many starters do you think are going to play and like for how long? I don't think Wentz is going to play. Even no, I, I don't want to see him. Yet. I do not want to see I wanna, him. Play. I really want to evaluate Sudfeld. Like this is a yeah. big yep. preseason. Can he be – he doesn't have to be Nick Foles, but – I, w- I want to feel confident knowing that. And by the way, I didn't even realize he's six six. Like he's got a, the physical tools that were on display last summer. I'm really hoping we get There's that. There's a reason same, they brought him in. Yeah, I'm hoping Redskins we see that same him. confidence for sure. Absolutely, um, and this so. is his time to prove himself. And yeah, I, I think Doug and Carson both have kind of hinted at that this would be the game where he doesn't play. I'd like to see him get two to three series, game two, and then, of Last course, year just has me shook injury-wise. I just don't want anybody to I, play. I know, but you have to let him you get do. the hits. You yeah, have yeah. To, he's going to be rusty. Like We're not we're not going to expect him to just go out there and be a gem, but he has been in camp. We see I also want to see him take the shot. I was going to say, yeah. I was just about to mention, I want to see him take the but, shot in the preseason. But I think you made a great point in wanting to evaluate Sudfeld in this game because this isn't an Eagles team where – it was the Tim Tebow years, and, and you had these guys that were, were never going to see the field. 
You have guys that have potential to make this 53-man roster out there. You're going to have Mark and Michelle competing for a spot. You're going to have our boy Agadosi competing for a spot. <laughs> Greg Ward, Braxton Miller, both of those guys have been around competing for, Scott's, for spots. Yeah. Dallas Goddard, these backup tight ends are competing. These backup running backs all Do you hear what spot. Goddard said, by the way? Kind he of could talk- be a number one tight I just read that quote. I wonder how long, and it's not anything about his character or his personality, I wonder how long he'll be okay with being tight end two. Like, they still have him for, Ertz is only 28, and he's, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. He's not someone that relies on speed and athleticism. Let's say, like, I mean, Goddard's going to be a free agent when Ertz is, like, 31. That'll be an interesting call. I wonder how long Goddard is going to be cool with this, because even it's though so there are 12, they, they're going to use 12 personnel a lot, but even a lot is going to be, like, what, 40 to 50% still. They're going to use I don't know, maybe man. more this year. It's going to be a lot. Maybe That's more this trend. year, but it's not going to be more than half. I, 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 I'll I believe it when I see it. I know they're going to use it more. I, I want you to think Are they going to do a, a 20% spike from, like, 40 to 60% this I year? I wouldn't doubt it, honestly. Really? Okay. Warren Sharp. Uh, you gotta you gotta get his book. Yeah. It's, it's oh, you're nerding out on that one stuff. Football Outsiders. That's oh, the okay. one. And that went into. I, I got both of them. I'm, I'm just in the depths of this. I have 500 Hold pages. I'll be, I'll, I'll be writing. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. be reading for four hours straight on this stuff tomorrow. But all the trends are showing that 12 personnel is the way to go. Not to run out of 12, but to throw out of 12. But if you're going to run out of 12, you run on those early downs on 12. Personnel. Especially when your tight ends can block. Absolutely. Like Goddard can. And and it's funny that you brought this up because. I, I don't know why I was thinking about this. Uh, just just thinking about the greatness of football. And yeah, of course. What was the best New England Patriots offense in their entire dynasty? What what offense do you think really was the best one? The, I mean, it's close between the 16-0 and 0 squad with Moss, but I know the one you're talking about with, like, Hernandez, Gronk, I, Wes Welker. I think that, that was, that was, was the better of the options yeah. because Moss absolutely, yes, had a freak season, dominated on the outside. But where did all three of those players dominate that year? Mm-hmm. Where? Where on the field did they dominate the Patriots that year on offense? In 2007? Yes. No, with that with the team oh. with the Aaron Hernandez and Gronk year. Oh yeah, well, they they owned the middle of the, the field. The middle of the field. Yeah. And that's exactly the trend that the Eagles were moving to and you have to. That's how the Patriots make their money. That's how good teams make their money because that's where the mismatches happen. See, defenses say they're going to stay in nickel to like force like say okay, beat us in the run game, yeah. but Eventually, though, if you have such good blocking tight ends like the Eagles do, eventually they will switch. So that's why I do get what Doug said last year, though. Using 11 personnel a lot of the time, they want to do that because they want to keep the team in nickel to keep them smaller. So it's such an interesting dynamic. The cool thing about the Eagles is when Nelson Aguilar comes out, here comes Dallas Goddard. If they want to do either or, they have a great option to fill in for both. And that's why I don't feel like Goddard is going to fade into... I know. Fading I just wonder how long that because optionality they'll have that luxury. Because they, like, si- they signed Hernandez and Gronk. They, yeah. they made them the focal point of their offense, and the Eagles fully intend to do that. Lou, do you think that they could have got a top wide receiver if they really want? Like they went out and got their top wide receiver yeah. in Alshon Jeffrey, right. but I believe they could have had they could have an elite wide receiver if they oh, really yeah. wanted one bad enough. I believe that Howie Roseman is a risk taker to make that Atlanta move to go up and get a Julio. Jones. I just hear Goddard talking but, about the tight end like that twenty nine that comment, and I'm like, that I, makes I, me think he's going to want to be that guy. Like I, I think he's going to want to dominate with Zach Ertz. I, I that's just my mentality. I hope so. I hope so. 
because they could they could attack the outside, but I fully believe that they're telling these guys, you guys are the focal point of our offense. We are going to dominate this, the middle of the field. And frankly, that's exactly where I want them to, to move the ball this year. It'll be fun to see how they utilize the formations. And again, it's going to be based on mismatches. talking you know, too much, Luke. Um, but yeah, it's going to be based on mismatches too, Absolutely. like what the strengths of defenses are and that kind of stuff. The great but, thing is we can have this conversation yeah, and it's sure. a goddamn good one to be having rather Absolutely. than are we going to go trade Dennis Kelly <laughs> <laughs> for Doriel Green. We Beckham. talked about that uh, t- on tomorrow's podcast. I had uh, Matt Matt Neely of the RPO podcast, a Titans based pod, and we got into that trade. So be on the lookout for that tomorrow. All right, coming up next, we're gonna get really really nerdy on you here. We're gonna make an all preseason offense and defense for the Philadelphia Eagles from rosters going back 2009 to 2019. You're about to hear some names that maybe you haven't thought of for a while. I would say, though, Gino, Locked on Eagles is like the Nerdy Eagles podcast. So, like, I think yeah, they're going to enjoy this one. say that we're, like, the fanboy pod, but it's it, it's not fanboy. It's just our nerdiness over oh, yeah, football. Absolutely. Like, I love reading down these depth charts. and We've re- only really been called the fanboy pod by just one troll. <laughs> a lot of people talk, like, they'll leave comments like we, we're passionate and stuff, oh, yeah, which, is well, it, yeah. which is it because we've – Literally followed We're fans it from- turned analysts. We're not oh, analysts yeah. that aren't fans. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, you got it. All right, let's take a break. This is Locked on Eagles. Don't go anywhere. Here comes the nerdiest segment of the podcast's history. This is Louis DiBiase <laughs> and Gino Camilleri. We'll be right back. Guys, today's Locked on Eagles podcast is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text Five Star. That's F-I-V-E star, not the number, F-I-V-E star to 87000 right now to learn more. Choose to start your business with five-star painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business. With five-star painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals, and you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll be part of the greater Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. It's great to own your own business as someone that runs my own podcast here on Locked on Eagles, making your own schedules, your own creative ideas. It's great to own your own business. It's great to own stuff for sure. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, again, make sure you text five star F I V E star to eight, seven zero 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 to learn more about how a five star painting franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than going in it alone. Again, text five star to eight, seven zero zero zero. We thank them for sponsoring the lockdown Eagles podcast today. All right, everybody, we are back. This is Locked on Eagles, a Tuesday edition of the show. If you missed any of our recent podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Also, check them out at LockedOnEagles.com or on Twitter at LockedOnBirds, at LOE and at Gino underscore LOE. We hinted at it before the break. We're going to mention a lot of names here, preseason heroes. So Gino created the Ja'Cory Shepard Award that we're going to give out each and every preseason week for the next month. 
and then at the end we'll give one big one to whoever the hero of the 2019 Eagles preseason is. And that kind of got me thinking when you mentioned that a couple podcasts ago. I think it was CB Wars where this originated. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking it would be fun if we put together a list of the best, like at each position, the best preseason heroes, the best Ja'Cory Shepherds of the past decade for the Eagles. Even though so, they never saw a snap. <laughs> like, they, they did nothing in the regular season at all. Maybe for other teams at some point down the road, because a few of them did when I was looking into this research. So I made a skeleton of the roster. I want to I list some names off for you at each position. And if you can think of more, though, let's just let's, let's go with this. So agree or disagree, I, starting quarterback was tough. Like Guys like Dennis Dixon, he didn't really do that well in the preseason. But it was someone like I nerded out on because I'm like, mm-hmm. is Chip Kelly actually going to do like recreate the 2007 Oregon offense? So like there was those kind of guys. I have to give GJ Kinney a shout out oh, as like a utility here absolutely. on the play. He's a coach now actually yes, with the sir. Eagles. So the quarterback I went with though, just based on the the legend and the excitement of just those couple weeks that made it bearable to watch the Eagles Jets fourth game, I put Tim Tebow as our quarterback. Oh no! I didn't realize he was. That that Colts game, the Jets game, he put up some. He made some plays. The problem was he was terrible. Him. Yeah, and he was terrible against Green Bay. How how can you forget? Oh my gosh, he wore the, a, he the, was eleven before Wentz. <laughs> I, that's still the funniest thing ever. Like that's got to be the, <laughs> the seeing, started from the bottom. Yeah, like the ultimate. The, now we're here. Seeing for, like, the you, know, <laughs> I love seeing like a number eleven jersey at the game, and you're like, oh, it's a Wentz jersey, and he turns around, it's a Tim Tebow. I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's that makes it even uh, more legendary. It's but hilarious. I, speaking of legends. How could we forget the all-time great third preseason game quarterback in Sam Bradford? Oh, that's If you ever find yourself bored on a Tuesday evening in the middle of August, this game is what made me buy in. Go on Pro Football Reference and look up the statistics of Sam Bradford in every third preseason game he played. Oh, so this is just one? No, he is the greatest. It's un- Lou, it's it's truly remarkable. Like I can't even list them off. Like I don't even want to keep those. He was in ten my head. for ten against Green Bay. <laughs> he was truly unbelievable. You will you will think he was the greatest quarterback ever to play football based on his preseason statistics. You know in that's those right too because that and before he got traded to Minnesota that game against the Colts. Yeah, when they that was his DGB. audition. That was his audition, and that's why they played him so much. That was his audition. He threw a great fade touchdown yes. to Doriel Green Beckham. You got it. Man, you're right, actually. I didn't even I thought it was just the one game that made me I was slow to buy in on Sam Bradford and Chip in twenty fifteen, but that Green Bay game had me hooked. Um but that same year too, like Tebow oh my god, the quarterbacks were Bradford, Mark Sanchez, Matt Barkley, and Tim Tebow. Like college football heroes, not so much in the NFL at all. Uh running backs, we got a couple and we had people Shout out to all the fans that helped out with this on Twitter. Again, follow us at LockdownBirds, at DBASILOE, and at Gino underscore LOE. I put Henry Josie at running back and Raheem Mostert. That was my guy. That I, was I you, Mostert, you put Mostert, so I put him in there. He was a returner, too. He's yeah. with San Fran right now. He was on the roster He last was doing year. all right yeah. until he broke it. He had that brutal leg injury, but I, he was a quick runner. He was he was a he was quick to the gap. He had he had nice a few people for a mentioned his him. size. He, that's why he was good in the return game. He yeah. had that ability to just find the hole. I, I thought he had potential to make the team that year. Henry Josie, man, remember <laughs> he was really good there, for the preseason. I, Is there a, other running backs? Like I mean, Chris Polk was, but he actually he went on played a, though. Yeah, in he did good season. things. He went on Houston after two. That was right. Um, oh, that's right. He did play. In we Houston. mentioned one other. I can't think of who it was. The kid what about from Emil Lockport. Iguinard? Who? Was Josie from Lockport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, think he was okay. a local Buffalo kid. Buffalo native. Yeah. 
Uh, Emil Iguanagu, remember him? Oh, yes. All the way back. <laughs> he Luke. was like a fullback slash tight end or something. Oh, man. Uh, wide receivers. You got to put Paul Turner. He's the GOAT. He's the, he, he did he was end the up. Corey Shepard before. Jacory yeah. Shepherd. He finally made a play in the regular season. It was the most miserable Eagles game there's mm-hmm. been in a couple years. That Cincinnati game in 2016 oh where they were just picked clean and they had dropped like four of the last five games. And he finally got his. But I remember everyone was so upset every year he didn't make the roster because mm-hmm. he, he would he would produce. Uh, in the preseason. For a couple he, preseasons yeah, in a row. Yeah. He was the biggest, outside of Ja'Cory Shepard, like Paul Turner is one of the biggest hype trains in the preseason. Oh, yeah. um, Iffy any MoMA, I got it. I mean, he's 6'7". He People was, just he fell was another hype train guy. Like, yeah. I feel like his story f- feels a lot like what went on with Rico Gathers in, in, in Dallas just okay. now, you know? Yeah. Like, big body, had the frame to play the position, Always had every his coach chance thought in the they could make it yes, work. Yes, always. Every coach thought they had the chance, and it's like, like if I just get my hands on that, I can turn that into yep, a football. And play. he just really could. He he went on to Arizona though. He he did okay. I think he made mm. the team a couple times. He might he might actually still be in the NFL. Like, I know he was with Arizona for a bit. He, Carlton Agadozzi, funny enough, has kind of made a similar path, just reverse. Like he was with Philly and Arizona, like the same two teams here that are going for like these giant mm-hmm. receiver like blank canvas prospects that they can try to mold into it and MoMA yeah he just never I remember being fascinated with him I love um, those those super tall receivers if he learned to control his body better he would have been yeah he was very flimsy like Mm -hmm. you could tell he was he he didn't know how to play he didn't move well he was Gumby like he definitely (laughs) he he definitely was he almost reminded like if you took like Menu Bull and put them at wide receiver yeah exactly (laughs) what a reference yeah for sure Um, and then the slot guy Rashid Bailey Oh, Rashid yeah. Bailey made some plays. He I went back. A, he had a couple good 2015, games, yeah. he had this one-handed catch with Tebow throwing it to him against the Colts. Didn't he wear, like, number one or something? Yeah, it was something funny like yeah. that. A contested, like, fade against the Jets week four, too. It was Bailey and Turner, actually. The other the other guy that didn't make the cut here at receiver, Russell Shepard. I don't know if you remember Russell Shepard. Oh, yes. He actually went went on to play Aurelius pretty well. Ben didn't make the cut. No, I did write. <laughs> I, I literally wrote right below Rashid Bailey, Quote, shout out to Aurelius Ben. <laughs> shout out Aurelius Because he caught, I was watching highlights, and he caught a bonkers. Ben. Oh, he was, even Aurelius, him and uh, Shepard both played in Tampa Bay for a little bit in the regular season, but Aurelius Ben then came back to Philly for a second stint and got oh, cut. Oh, yeah, Shepard did go to Tampa, That's He was right. in Tampa, and he started. Uh, he might have just got cut last year. Yeah, he yeah. was actually a player for a little bit, and mm-hmm. before that, um, I think he started, he went from Philly to Carolina. And then Carolina to Tampa Bay. It's weird that I – it's just funny hearing all these names again. Tight end was a fun one. There's a guy, I don't know if you remember, in 2009 and 2010 that could not stay healthy, but everybody kept talking about him, Cornelius Ingram. Oh, yeah, man. Cornelius Ingram. Do you remember Cornelius Ingram? Yeah, absolutely. I went with, if we go 12 personnel. They him talked and, him up big time. Yeah, they always, I just remember because I only really used to, for some reason, it was back before I was on Twitter and all that, mm-hmm. so I didn't listen to podcasts. Podcasts weren't really a thing yet. No. It's crazy. Podcasts have only really been a thing for like eight, you know, not 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 even a decade yet. So I would I would just consume Dave Spadaro. It was like, that mm-hmm. was it. PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And it was always just Cornelius Ingram. Yep. Like, keep an eye on Cornelius Ingram. The other guy like that, if we do 12 personnel, remember Derek Carrier? Yeah. Yeah, there is some. <laughs> is he still? In the, I, I know he was Derek with the Jets Carrier for a bit. On the Oakland Raiders, that he might still be in the NFL. Oh my gosh, he is. He's is he on he's Oakland? He's on Oakland. He, well, he's going to premiere on Hard Knocks tonight. No free shoutouts there, HBO. Hard Knocks is tonight? Yes, sir. Oh, that's the fun. premiere. I can have them torture me with Josh Jacobs and Cleveland Farrell. Oh, fudge. man. They got both my guys. No, I'm sorry, Lou. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I, you, you tweeted at me because he made that one-handed catch in practice the other day. Yeah, Carrier had seven catches last year, 67 yards and a touchdown. So look at well, that. There you go. Good for Carrier. Still living the dream. I did not know he was still, still living the, the dream of a journeyman tight end. That's hilarious. And then just to wrap up on offense, here was my offensive line. I couldn't tell if they were really good in the preseason or not. I just wanted to do obscure offensive <laughs> linemen. Jordan Maialata, I put at left tackle. Just oh, in he case. had an unbelievable because preseason, yeah. Brian Baldinger said he improved – over a four-month span, more than any football player he's ever mm-hmm. seen. Probably because he started literally from the bottom yeah. to a pretty decent level. He could be, though, the MoMA where like people are in love with this just raw prospect that doesn't pan out. I'm hoping he doesn't. For now, I did put him at left tackle here because he is that like preseason legend so far until he does something and you know he can beat out Big V for that backup tackle spot. Please do. I put Max Gene Gillis at left guard. Max Gene Gillis, man. <laughs> Center, my boy, great. my first ever interview of an athlete, Julian Vandervelde. At center, he the guy he got caught like he, seventeen. He owns times the record the for most times cut and re-signed by the same team because <laughs> Chip Kelly. Every time he needed space for one player, he would cut Vandervelde. And I remember one time Vandervelde was super cool. He would always like, and I was a young kid too. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he even did anything with me. But like, I direct message him like, "Man, like, are you getting sick of this?" He's like, "Nah, man, go birds." Like coming back and forth. He's a, such a good dude. He's working in like energy now back at Iowa where he went to school. I just remember like. Oh, it was so funny. Every you'd wake up in the morning and it's like the Eagles it really was legitimately Julian once, to tw- once or one or two times a week. It yeah, was it was it was repeatedly. So they're probably. I just I would love to be a fly on the wall for that phone call. He started taking like, hey, pictures every yeah, time. Yeah, he yeah, got like caught. hey man, yeah. it's coming again. And he's like, yeah. all right, cool. I'll see you in a couple of days. <laughs> and then uh, at right guard, I put Dennis Kelly, who might be starting now for the Titans for the first month of the season. He was at right tackle though for us, right? Yeah, I just I couldn't. Th- think of enough linemen, mm-hmm. so I threw him at guard. And then I put Austin Howard at right tackle, who went on to start oh, for the Jets for a little bit. That's right. But we caught him. So there's another guy like that, the Steelers tackle, villain of... Oh, Alejandro Villanueva. Yes, that's yeah, right. You got it. He starts now, or at least did start yeah, for man, Pittsburgh, Yeah, man, he's one of too. the better left tackles in the league. Whew, we've thrown out some crazy names. <laughs> Speaking of which, another player who did that was... Uh, um. Chip Kelly drafted him. He was out of Boston College. And no, I can't remember oh, his name. I know you exactly know what you're talking about. The about super long yes, defensive end? Yeah. He drafted him in the seventh round, yeah. and he switched off. What was his name? Well. That's right. I can't think of him. Yeah, I can't think of him. Obscure reference, but I got a couple that's, players. That, that's the preseason. You're going to find these guys, and you're going to see mm-hmm. coaches and players taking taking guys and moving them around. Like Trace McSorley, I can't wait to see what Baltimore does with I him. Like, I really too. think he could be a weapon. They're talking about the new wave in the NFL. They want to make him two, their Taysom Hill, I guess. Yeah, they, the new wave is two guys on the field that can throw. You know, and I have that, a theory about that, by the and way. And I'm very intrigued to see how they're going to use our mm-hmm. boy Braxton Miller. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I'm very, I have a theory with that whole Baltimore thing. I think when they said, when Harbaugh said, because it was before RG3 got hurt, when he said they were going to change the way offense is played, I was imagining a pistol formation with RG3, oh my Lamar, goodness. and McSorley, and just three guys that can <laughs> throw. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it would work. But. Chip Kelly is sweating at the thought <laughs> of that. All right, let's take a break. You mentioned that Boston College defensive end. I got some other names very similar to him coming up. This is a Locked On Eagles podcast. All right, we are wrapping up. This is Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri on a Tuesday edition of the show. Nerding out here, mentioning a lot of preseason heroes of the Philadelphia Eagles past. We're going from like 2009 up until 2019. For fun, on com, I'll post these rosters a couple days after the podcast, too. Um, now, Gino, some defense. You mentioned before, we couldn't think of the name. Uh, if we come with, if we come up with it, we'll say it or we'll tweet it out at some point. Uh 
There's been a bunch, though. Brian Mahalik. That's, that's who it right. was. Brian yes. Mahalik, this giant Boston College defensive end. The Eagles have had a bunch of those guys. Joe Osman's kind of that guy mm-hmm. now. You know who used to be that guy? Travis Long. Travis, Travis Long. Long used to he he would lead the team in Ja'Cory Shepard awards for sure. <laughs> he was a, he, he never did stopped. have a couple good camps and yeah. I but then he, he kept legi- getting hurt too. He had a legitimate chance to make that team that mm-hmm. year and he tore his ACL he just kept, again. Yeah, it was such a shame because he really did look good. I knew I was like taking I, I was like in a time machine with Joe Osman. It was Travis Long. Uh, here's another name at defensive tackle: Daniel Tio Nesheim. R.I.P. Man. Daniel Tio Nesheim. He was um, in the like. End of the Andy Reid era. Mm-hmm. He was one of the final draft pe- draft picks there, yeah. Uh, defensive tackle Derek Landry. Remember him? Wow. <laughs> wow. Next to Talk Colin Jenkins. Obscure. He was like rotating with like Mike Patterson. And, oh, uh, my goodness. Yeah, he was that bad. That was such a putrid defensive oh, line. Speaking of that, uh, defensive end Philip Hunt. He played in the CFL for a little I bit. I rotated him pull... Steve Means I'm putting in here. Okay, too. I thought you were going to pull Daryl Tapp out of a hat. He was always but my guy. But he played, guy. though, a little bit in the he regular did, season. He, he was actually, like, in 2010, he, he was, was a good rotational guy. He went guy to with... Detroit after, I yeah. think, too. Yeah. He, he bounced around the league for a little bit. He stayed in the league. He yeah, would rotate. Steven Means, man. Yeah, Another Steve buff- Means. I two put Buffalo him in guys yeah. on this Look list. At some of our local guys. Um, but who are we talking about? Philip Hunt, Steven Means. Daryl Tapp would always rotate him when Jaquay Parker would come off the field. And I'll hate Jaquay Parker forever for that offsides play against Buffalo. Hey, we got redemption this year. Yeah, let's hope so. October 27th, uh, right. we are right. coming to newer That's right. Field. If you guys are up in Buffalo, hang out with me and Gina. We'll be there. Uh, that was my first Eagles game ever, though, so I'll never forgive Jaquay oh, Parker. No. So <laughs> I saw Donovan McNabb tear his ACL in 2006. So that was your first game? First ever Eagles game. You know the Jeff Garcia stuff is what kind of sparked me being an Eagles guy? Like I was kind of on, I was just getting into football. I, I did I ever tell you that as story? an eight year old? No, my my best friend's dad is he has some of the greatest calls in the history of sports. He called in two thousand seven in the Super Bowl the onside kick. Really, Saints and Colts called it probably fifteen minutes before it happened. We didn't believe him. It happened that day that we went to the Eagles Titans game. The day before, we were watching ESPN, and he looks at me. He goes, Gino, did you hear? I go, what? He goes, Donovan hurt his knee. Sure as shit, he goes on and tears his ACL the very next day. Oh, he wasn't serious. No, he was kidding. (laughs) And then he tears his ACL the next day. Damn. Yeah, so I think I got one up Who did he tear it against? That was against the Titans. Yeah. 36-6, only person who scored, LJ Smith. Javon Curse was on the ticket. I still have it in my room. Yikes, that's a that's a tough first <laughs> game for sure. We both went to two tough ones for the first. Uh, linebackers, I did. I went with two here. We're going to go nickel. Stuart uh, Bradley? No, but that's a really good <laughs> one. Stuart Bradley. All I remember about Stuart Bradley is him getting concussed against the Packers in 2010 and like stumbling to the sidelines and not being able to get up. He was always the guy we thought could be a Luke. I remember how bad their linebackers were for so long. Like, Forever. Stuart Bradley, Ernie Sims, and... Uh, Brian Roll for a while, yeah, Jamar- Keenan they, Clayton. Ke- you always loved Brigham. Moise Foku. Who was the other one? Oh, <laughs> damn. I'll Jamar Chaney. Jamar Chaney, yes. Jamar that Chaney. Was the I knew that was the guy you were thinking of. Uh, Joe Walker, I put a uh, linebacker. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's, that ate, was pretty recent. Who is now in Arizona. Is he? Backing up Jordan Hicks. Really? <laughs> yeah, like you said it. Arizona <laughs> and the Eagles are the same team yeah, in two different times. Dude, he made a hell of a play, though. He was in on that goal line stand against the Giants week mm-hmm. three in 2017. It was Curry and Jenkins that got there first. He got those rotational minutes. Dude, like, and leaping over the a lot, line. Like a lot of these guys, yeah. he got hurt, and that just derailed him. Oh, it's just, it's un- it really the is. The best 
Reliability is availability. It's true. Our, our corners here, it's got to be Ja'Cory Shepard. Like, he's got to be in there. The Bro, other Trevard Lindley, come on. I put Lindley in there, and then I deleted him. <laughs> oh, for man. For Curtis Marsh. <laughs> for Curtis Marsh? Okay. The arrest record probably takes oh, Trevard Lindley off of he that He was... List. Lindley, though, was the same thing. He was like a fourth-round pick. We kept saying, like, here comes another, like, up and because our corners yep. were terrible. It was Dimitri Patterson and Ellis Hobbs, and then they drafted Curtis Marsh in the third round, who mm-hmm. was a converted running back. I hate that I know this. He went to Utah State, where our boy Darwin Thompson went, actually. Wow. And uh, I hate How that I know How did you ever him. learn this? I don't know, man. The Eagles are my life. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis Marsh, he was a running back, and he converted to corner, and the Eagles still took him in the third round, and he never played. And then Randall Evans, too. we got to go with both he guys. Ne- and, another no, guy. No, Mar- Marsh never played. Yeah, Randall Evans, though, was the same draft class as Ja'Cory Shepard, and he was out of Nevada, yep. right? Uh, Nevada State, maybe? I don't know. The Who? Uh, Evans? Evans. Kansas State. Kansas State, I'm sorry. Yep. That's right. They drafted and, him and Corey yeah. back. Yes, back. yes. He and he stunk And too. then Brian Mahalik. <laughs> Brian, oh, what a bad class. That was a te- Well, actually, no. You, you Why, who was at the top? What year was that? That was the Jordan Hicks year. That was the Eric Rowe year. That was... Oh, no. We got, no, we got Nelly? Yeah. Aguilar, 2015? I literally just had it. Yeah, Aguilar, yeah, Rowe, Aguilar, and Hicks. Rowe. Yep. Yeah. Eric Rowe, he could be in here. Yeah, he could be. Talk about I was a big Rowe guy. He was one of my bad. I think bad Eric guys. Rowe kind of came into the the league like two years too early. Is he like similar he, to Razul? Is that is it weird? like? Am I like the same? He was more corners? like a guy like almost like a Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Well, because he like, played big safety body too. Safety. At, uh, yes, he was a versatile. Utah. He was a versatile. He was like Byron Jones was before yeah. Byron Jones. I think he, he just came in the league one or two years too early. Right. And, and, just, Chip, and they just, and they just they tossed like him, him at cornerback. Yeah. They made him Jalen Mills. They made him a guy whose hips were not loose enough. Right. He had he rusty door spots. hinge hips, and he could not get his hips around if you didn't. Know that after Calvin Johnson absolutely embarrassed them on Thanksgiving. Yeah, you clearly didn't know and how he, to evaluate the and player. When Howie and Schwartz took over the defense, they didn't like him really that much. No. They were more way pro Mills. They brought in Leotis. And I feel know, like if they would have drafted him into this defense, it would have been great. Like yeah. they could have played him at safety. Could have been a versatile guy. You could yeah, swing around. Started trying for the to Patriots. Alshon Jeffrey caught the touchdown on him. Trying to force Bowl. him at corner was the the wrong way to go there. And, that, and that's a, a lot of these players. They're going to continue. A lot of these guys are going to be journeymen until they yep. find their niche. He's on in a Miami team. right now. He started with the Patriots in the Super Bowl against the Eagles, which is crazy. <laughs> Alshon caught the touchdown over him because uh, Butler got benched. Our two safeties. I went with Ed Reynolds and uh, Jalen Watkins. I didn't. I couldn't think of anybody else. <laughs> Jalen well, Watkins was one of those guys. I could have went Oshigo Atagwe, but you didn't know yep. who he was, so I wouldn't. I would be just talking to a wall. <laughs> could always go to Quinn Jarrett. Oh, he was so bad. Nate Allen. Jared Page. Oh, my. He started the first couple weeks in 2011. Oh, I before Jared took years. over, he was like a stop. Like I think a bridge. The, the. God, our secondary is so moral bad. Moral of this story is <laughs> the depth that this team has now is something that they You should never appreciate had. a lot more after hearing this roster, for sure. You should absolutely appreciate yeah. it and understand what it is to evaluate talent and. Know that guys number forty through seventy have a chance, and also appreciate it at the same time because this is, it's not easy. Clearly, no. I mean, these are multiple. Like we didn't just name stuff from the Chip Kelly regime. This is stuff from now, from the Andy first Reed. the Andy Reid stuff. Like this is how hard it is sometimes to collect talent as much as they have right now. Knock on wood, they all stay healthy. Let's just get through this preseason. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think the two takeaways we can come about this episode, that was a lot more fun, but I think there are two big takeaways that 
looking at the NFL and looking at roster construction is mm. can these guys stay healthy and can you maximize their individualized skill sets? Right. Thinking back to the draft when we were talking about these guys, like these Penny Hearts, like these Darwin Thompsons, can they have two or three skills that are going to put your team over the edge and make them a worthwhile addition to be on the 53? Mm-hmm. You look at a guy like Boston Scott, unfortunately, is injured. But yep. what could he bring to your team? He has the returnability. He has the ability in the pass catch game out of the backfield. A guy like Jonathan Cyprian, they just sign him off the street. He has the ability, has played big minutes in the past, to now allow you to open up and play five, six, seven defensive backs. Yeah. Find your niche on this team and build your roster around the, these guys because there's individualized skill sets all over free agency, all over undrafted free agency, all over the draft. Find your niche, find how you want to build your team and stay true to it and get those guys that are going to succeed in that style of play. Look at the Patriots and what they've done over the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. They don't have the best, most invigorated offense since sliced bread. They just do it the right way in their way. And it's consistent. And it's not the Chip Kelly way. It's a way that is going to win games. (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. Because they do adjust, it changes, but absolutely consistent with their philosophy. Uh, Before we go, because you're going to be going out of town here, give me your Ja'Cory Shepard of the week. Ooh. Like, who's your prediction for the – like, we'll give okay, it – Okay, so we're we'll, saying we'll, – n- We'll name it after the game, yeah. but, like, who do you think going into this Tennessee who's gonna game is going to be big... the, big, the big guy of the game? Okay. There's some names. Maybe Paul Worlow. I, I say <laughs> a guy like LJ Fort has a big chance Yeah, because he's going to play a lot, for I, sure. I feel like he can absolutely crack the roster. I feel like a Trey Sullivan has a chance to have a big game here. I, one of the uh, I see Blake Count as being that guy. He's a guy that see him he's got to he's going to bring returnability, but he's got to also show that he could be on the field, be mm-hmm. more than just a Chris Marigos, you know. Yeah, bring that an, an added skill set there. I wonder if DeAndre Tompkins could be. I'm excited to see Matt Pryor. I think Pryor can have a big okay. week. They, they're talking about his versatility in yep. camp. He played four spots on the offensive line in the last couple days at camp. He could be very important very soon. Like when Absolutely. Wiz is gone eventually, if Big V leaves next year You're in free start getting cheaper at your depth position. Might have to this rely is on the Pryor way to do soon. it. And let Pryor get as much, as many positions in at the offensive line in as many snaps right. as possible at each of them. And I think he's a guy that's going to play a lot of minutes this preseason at and can have a big game. He's a guy that has not been talked about much, not a flashy position, but if he comes out there and dominates the twos and threes, he's going to be a guy that can be our Ja'Cory Shepard award winner. All right, sir, you're going to Denver a couple of, uh, tomorrow night? Yes, sir. Going to go buy a Noah Font jersey at the Broncos Stadium? Oh, before <laughs> we go, Dynasty League. We had 25 spots. Yeah. I <laughs> so, I walked wait. away oh, wait. with Nikhil Harry. Okay. That's good. That's just getting started. That's good. Noah Font. These are just my rookies. Mecole Hardman. Ooh, I like Mecole. That's your guy. I think Alex Madsen out of... Oh, the Vikings backup? Yes, sir. And Delvin better stay healthy. I have him in a keeper One league. more. But, man, a kid is trying to get Mecole away from me, and I said, absolutely not. If anybody is listening to the Lockdown Eagles podcast, you know yeah, Rico Hardman is my guy. And I can't wait to see these rookies, man, because it's the first time we're actually going to see a lot of these That's guys. Why I'm, I'm excited to, to see like an A.J. Brown yeah. tomorrow. I'm excited right. to see a lot of these guys. The nerd is going to come out on us, and we're going to be watching this game. I'm super stoked. Can't wait for like even after the Eagles game, I'm going to be up. commenting about like the Tampa Bay game, like Arizona. I'll be like, oh, look at Hakeem Butler. Yeah, <laughs> you I know. know. All right, man, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Tomorrow we had Matt Neely on of the RPO Titans podcast to kind of get into a little bit of the game on Thursday. We took a trip down memory lane to 
the game last year that tortured us all in Tennessee. Some Chip Kelly, Mariota talk. It was a really fun conversation. We'll play that interview tomorrow. And then on Thursday, it's game day. The Eagles take on the Titans at Lincoln Financial Field at 8 o'clock. In the morning, we will have a podcast on what to watch. And then, of course, a recap after that. We are your Philadelphia Eagles daily podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the show if you're not already. If you could, leave us a five-star review and a rate. That's how we grow the show. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBirds, at DiBiaseLOE, and at Gino underscore LOE. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.